0: There is growing proof that besides COVID, other viruses can cause long, chronic, and sometimes debilitating symptoms. There's new research that is now talking about long influenza. Many of us in the functional medicine world say, duh. We've known about this for a long time. But let's talk about it. Hey everybody, it's Dr. David. I hope you're doing well. So uh, today we're going to be talking about a few things. Um, Throughout my career, certainly, I have been um, identifying certain things that seem to come out sometimes 10 years, sometimes 20 years later. Um, I think back to my earliest work with uh, the use of probiotics and uh, and obviously that's kind of a, a very common thing now, vitamin D as an early uh, acceptor and understanding of the importance of that as well as healthy diets, anti-inflammatory diets, whole food diets, et cetera. So it's nice though whenever big research comes out that continues to support the types of things that we're talking about here, okay? so. In particular for this, you know, early on, it was very obvious to me that some people were developing these chronic um, post-infection complications. And, you know, the earliest for me was obviously when Epstein-Barr virus, and it's still somewhat debated, but, you know, it's now pretty well understood that Epstein-Barr viruses can cause chronic fatigue syndrome. Well, that to me, I mean, we've known that for a long time. Isn't that what mono, you know, what we typically think of that, but now it has a formal connection to it. Um, But also over 20 years ago, I would have patients with fibromyalgia who would tell me that something got triggered after having an infection. And again, and that was a hotly debated thing. Um, So what we're going to be talking about now is, um, first of all, how medical professionals historically have gotten this wrong we're going to talk about there's this new particular research about long influenza and then we're also going to talk about functional medicine approaches to try to minimize all of these issues these chronic complications from happening in the first place okay so unfortunately many patients especially women who have had ongoing long-term symptoms historically they were referred to as being hysterical or they were they were told that oh this is all psychosomatic now The term hysterical, it actually comes from the word hyster, which is kind of like from hysterectomy, refers to the womb. So in other words, if they were just saying, oh, you know, this is a womanly thing, this is a hormonal thing, um, but it's because you're a woman. That's kind of like what the implication was. And in my opinion, it was always kind of a a derogatory term and a a misogynistic term, I should say. Um, I guess that's (laughs) derogatory as well. but then also, the, you know, the term psychosomatic, which again, doctors would use that term to mean, oh, it's all in your head. Well, psycho means the mind, somatic means the body. And I look at this as kind of like a, a, a two way road going back and forth. The mind and mental health certainly can impact the body and how we feel. And of course, how our body feels affects our mind. If we're in pain, we could be depressed. We could be anxious. Is this going to end? How is this going to impact the rest of my life? So, The term psychosomatic shouldn't be, oh, it's all in your head. It should be understood for what those words are the the two parts of the word means, psycho and somatic. Okay. Now, um, a core part of what functional medicine is, is dealing with inflammation that comes from infections, but but as well as other exposures. Okay. Now, thankfully, the medical community, um, the rest of the world is kind of figuring this out. OK, so this major paper that I'm referring to, which was published in The Lancet, which is um, England's one of their most prestigious journals, their lead their lead researcher for the study that I'm going to give the details on in a moment, said that doctors need to be rethinking their ideal about viral infection. So let me quote him. Our conception of these illnesses as acute events that you deal with and then put behind you has changed. These acute, the acute phase is like the tip of the iceberg. People who get these infections may need attention beyond the acute phase. We need to ask if they have fully recovered, if they have the, or if they are able to go to the gym like before, if they have the same mental acuity. Thank you. Thank you very much for identifying this. Um, Now, again, many in our field, functional medicine, um, believe that just like some people are overreacting to these viruses, we also do believe that people can have a similar type of reaction to vaccines. And I know that's controversial, but if you break it down, both when a person is exposed to a virus or a vaccine, the immune response is, is, is activated. Different cytokines come into place. Different types of reactions actually happen. And of course, how our body in, in, immune system reacts to that will go a long way with how people do. Right. I mean, we know that the, if you look at influenza virus a vaccine, for instance, and other vaccines as well, Guillain-Barre, an hyperinflammatory autoimmune disease that affects the, uh, the brain and spinal cord. Nobody doubts that, it's in all of the package inserts. So, you know, it's the dirty little secret in a way, but it's something that's clearly is understood that can happen from vaccines as well, okay? Now, as an individual story, you know, uh, as to why I was keyed into this early, so very early in my career, um, I had two patients, both of them who their parents had said that they had regressed after getting an MMR vaccine. And then we went through all the functional medicine, cleaning up the gut, fixing nutritional deficiencies, you know, getting them um, the proper education that they need. And they both were, we had recovered. They both were, were going into kindergarten in order, um, and, and like a mainstream, very advanced, you know, c- compared to where they were. And they then had seen their local doctors, and both of them had received a second MMR, which is the booster, which is when it's typically done before going into kindergarten. Both of these kids regressed back into autism now that's not to say that everybody who gets mmr vaccine create, gets autism of course not and most people do perfectly fine but you know fast forward another um 10 years or so and i had a patient who um came for a i mean it was 10 years old he had some medical issues um developmental issues parents decided that they would not give the mmr early on but felt that if there was a an outbreak in the community which there was in at disney world and um the family had tra- would travel there and so decided the family decided well it's, we're going to give the mmr and also there was a classmate who um, was a leukemic patient who couldn't take live virus vaccines and so the decision was okay let's go ahead and give the vaccine and 15 minutes after the shot kids started having like this little coughing sound still in my office and it started to escalate to this barking cough and then within about 15 minutes head to head to toe full hives as well as um you know face swollen like twice the size it was very dramatic i listened with my stethoscope really i didn't hear any air moving at all gave some um immediately gave some benadryl thank god the kid did recover very well and in fact part of his um issues is that um both his parents and his grandparents acknowledged the uh the next day that he seemed more social than he had been before so it's kind of interesting so you know you know we kind of joked afterwards maybe we should have done this sooner but nonetheless The fact that people can have significant reactions from vaccines shouldn't be completely dismissed because it's the politically correct thing to do. And, of course, for these types of viruses as well. Now, as far as this new paper. So what they were doing is they were comparing people who had um, been hospitalized after COVID from COVID and from influenza. And they evaluated the risk of death hospital readmission, and also a narrow set of outcomes that were for six months after that admission. And they were looking specifically at data from the Veterans Affairs, okay? There were 82,000 veterans hospitalized with COVID, and this was from March 20, 2020 to um, June 2022. They also looked at about 11,000 um, patients who were hospitalized for influenza and this was from october 15th uh october 2015 to um february um 2019 so different time period technically different decade but kind of looking at the exact same thing now it is to be pointed out that nearly all the study patients were men and they were all, av- the average age was around 71. So there could be a demographic bias. This doesn't, you know, it gives this mean that it would co- uh, follow over to other populations. No, we can't say that for sure, although no reason to suspect it wouldn't. But again, always important to understand the data that is presented to us. Now, 18 months after the infections, both groups had noticed, had identified that relative to um people who weren't hospitalized for these diseases, increased risk of death, hospitals re- readmission. And health problems that involve a number of organs, including the heart, kidney, brain, and the digestive system. But an interesting thing is that the COVID patients most likely to experience long-lasting problems with multiple symptom, multiple systems all at the same time. Whereas people who had the lung issues with influenza, it was mostly at this um, just the respiratory tract that they had the long term problems with. Um, now, after follow up, these fluent patients still were experiencing lung issues such as severe dyspnea, which is difficulty breathing um, or found to have deep lung scarring, inflammation or coughing that could last for months. Now, the lead researcher also said that, and we get this right, that the knowledge of viral disorders and the potential long term impacts could lead to studies that help patients with other poorly understood conditions like fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, which doctors now believe may be caused by viral infections. And again, some of us, not just recently, but for a long time. So what's my take on all of this? First of all. There's no doubt to me that chronic symptoms from viruses are not restricted to long COVID. And uh, really, that's why it's so important for us to be on top of this early. And I do believe that these issues can be minimized or stopped, you know, from a preventive. But, of course, being in preventive mode is better. Of course, we don't want to get sick. We don't want to have any problems in the first place and have to reverse it. We've been able to reverse some patients with long COVID. But, you know, we'd rather not have them suffer. So, again, types of things that we've always talking about. You know, the need for a whole food diet, um, a healthy diet, uh, minimizing, um, you know, preservatives, minimizing ultra processed foods, making sure that the microbiome is well attended to with fermented foods, with prebiotics, eating all the colors of the rainbow for produce. All of those are super important things for just general health. But we also know how important it is for the immune system to have good sleep, to have good exercise, to have a good state of mind, to be in a good mental health place. I'm one who believes that we probably all should be born with a therapist who we can check in with every now and then to make sure that we're okay. And of course, having good vitamin D and zinc levels, because we have to say that too, right? So, anyways, um, you know, we I'd much rather you know be in preventive mode, but at the same time, you know, for people who do have long COVID, long flu, long virus, long vaccine. These functional medicine approaches that we do, where we do all these different types of testing, they really do seem to make a difference. And that's why working with a functional medicine physician, healthcare provider who can explore all of these things can really make a difference in terms of reversing problems, having a person ready for when they get the infection so that they can have minimal problems from that. So, there you go. Have a good day.